Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to uh, the 2023-2024 first uh, edition pod for Rooster and the Villain. I am the villain, Jimmy Karn, but in a, in a special sense tonight, we are not necessarily Rooster and the Villain. Tonight, we are the villain and the seagull. I welcome in Jake. Uh, am I saying Kenneke? Am I saying that right? Yes, Kenneke's correct. Okay, all right. I thought so. Jake Kenneke, a uh, famous uh, Brighton Seagulls fan. You guys probably heard of him before. He's been a contributor on the Premier League pod, and obviously he does uh, the Bobcast with Mike. Um, so, Jake, welcome. Hello. Thanks, man. Um, sorry for running a bit late. My wife and I have a, uh, a terrible case of Dr. Doolittle syndrome. Like, just animals run up on us all the time. We, we got two lost dogs in the spare bedroom right now. Oh, no, really? Yeah, so they they look like crap. El Paso is notorious for awful um, pet owners. And these dogs just look, they're like small dogs matted up. But, um, mm-hmm. but other than that, doing well, off work, ready for the weekend. Well, well bless you both for, uh, for the love of the animals, uh, animal lover myself. Uh, it's, it's hard. Uh, thank you for, for doing that, for taking them in. Um, on a, on a premier league note, we are recording this on a Friday night. So, um, we did have the Burnley, uh, main city game earlier today. Um, so the premier league is here boys, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you will, uh, you know, we're back and man city looks like they haven't skipped a beat since, uh, since June. So, um, did you get a chance to see the game or see the highlights? Um, no, I uh, I followed a little bit on FontMob, and then the uh, the group chat for the the fantasy league kind of kept me up to date on what was going on. Um, city City's just a billion dollar buzzsaw. It's just ridiculous. They are uh, they are incredibly ruthlessly efficient. I think four minutes in, um, and they got to go on Burnley, uh, Holland, of course, and then you got a second one in the first half. Um, you know, I, I did get to watch most of the game. Um, city was incredibly dominant. Um, but you know, Burnley to their credit, isn't the Burnley that we saw under Sean Dyche. They're not the, um, you know, the Sunday, uh, beer league team out there just to try to punch you in the mouth. Uh, they are trying to play, you know, more, more modern style. Um, we'll see if it works for them. I know that, um, just from my memory teams that have come out from the championship that dominated the championship playing that, that style that was completely open, um, tend to be yo-yo clubs. I, I'm, I'm looking at you, uh, Norwich city. Uh, you know, they play that aggressive style, that, that open style and it, it, it eats them up. You got to adjust a little bit for the talent. Um, so I think Burnley's in for a long season. Um, but you know, main city is not really a, a fair test for Burnley either. So <clears throat> anyways, so we have the opening game under our belt, but tomorrow, you know, shit really kicks off. Um, does Brighton play on Saturday or Sunday this weekend for you guys? Uh, tomorrow morning. So Saturday at eight in the morning here, I guess it'd be 10 for you guys. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the, um, the mid slate games, so not the early one or uh, like uh Villa plays the 1230 slot Eastern. So 1030 slot for you guys, um, yeah. mountain. 
um yeah the 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 eight o'clock uh, mountain time 10 o'clock slate there's a lot of games in there um you know just a little, let's get right into it and and if you want to preamble um a little bit of how you felt like the summer went as far as building the squad including up to recent developments as of even last night like how do you feel about uh the, the squad um, how the preseason went and, and how you feel about that stuff before you get into, um, what to expect tomorrow. Um, uh, the, you know, the floor is yours, sir. Uh, Seagull fans, uh, listen up. So as far as additions go, I think it, it's, it's gone slow, but that's to be expected from a, uh, quote unquote, small club like Brighton. Um, the Milner addition on a free transfer. I like that. Um, older guy, good experience. Uh, he'll help out the younger guys coming up and get them used to the Premier League. Um, Bo De another uh, free transfer from Dortmund defensive mid, a, uh, a replacement supposedly for Caicedo. I think he'll be playing in the double pivot either with Milner or with uh, Gross. Um, added a added a keeper, Paul Bruggen. Uh, from Anderlecht for 18 million, uh, a Sanchez replacement. Deserby uh, likes guys that can play with their feet. Um, very fond of him from what I've seen this uh, this preseason. I, I like what I see. I still think Steele's probably the starter in the Premier League games, but I think uh, FA Cup and uh, League's Cup. I think Bart will be starting. And then once the uh, the Colwell deal uh, fell through, he signed his new deal at Chelsea. Uh, we went out to uh, Fiorentina and got a guy for 18 million, uh, Igor. And also, towards the beginning of the transfer window, we also added um, Jao Pedro from Watford for a club record fee. Very, very fond of him. I'm still not quite sure where he's going to line up for Deserby, whether he sees him as a a nine or a ten. But either way, the the guy knows how to score, and uh, we we definitely need goals. Um, as, as far as what I would grade it, probably I, at, at this point, before yesterday, I probably said a B plus, but my, my question on the, the Caicedo deal is kind of lowered it down to a C. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm very into player power, like, you know. I, I want people to get paid. I want people to be successful in the sport, but I'm also a fan of the club and I just, I just hate how long this is dragged out. And I think us not getting the money that we thought we were owed right away, like the deal should have been done. You know, Chelsea spent a hundred million on a guy from the Ukrainian league, a hundred mil for a guy from the Portuguese league, but they're not going to give a hundred mil for one of the best defensive midfielders, a guy who's like 20 something years old super hard position to play and he plays it about as well as anybody else. And they're, they're trying to get with 80 million, like just give me a break. We needed to get that deal done. It ended up and it ended up screwing up the deal for Kudus from Ajax. Um, I guess his agent saw what was going on and he wanted a, a buyout clause and we wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't give it to him. So I think that deal is in the trash can now because of what's going on with Caicedo. So I'm, I'm still, I'm not going to get down on it. I I've had to stop myself from getting greedy a few times. Um, 
like I know I know what we are. I know that we went from ninth to sixth last year, and that's a big improvement. And we should we should expect to, you know to be shooting for the moon. But at the same time, it's it's hard being the club that we are to maintain that level of success. And the fact that we're able to bring in players and the fact that we made a profit, I'm excited. Um, very very excited for this season. No, absolutely. I mean, obviously, everybody's a little frustrated with, you know, um, the transfer window is it, uh, it tends to be lots of excitement with not a lot of action. Um, and I agree that I think you guys have made some prudent signings um, and uh, made some inevitable sales because that's, you know, um, like you mentioned, the size of the club. That having been said, you know, the, the club itself is still coming off its best season ever, I think, in English football, right? Like, not just the Premier League, but like English football altogether. Um, do you feel, how do you feel about the depth of the club, considering you guys are playing European football this year? Um, any concerns about that? I know you mentioned the FA and the Carabao. But what about, you know, playing every Thursday now for the foreseeable future uh, in the Europa League as well? Yeah, the um, that is that is making me a little bit nervous. Um, The. In a perfect world, I would have wanted to get Igor and Colwell. I think depth at center back is important. And then I think the way. um, Deserby works his midfielders in that that four, two, three, one essentially five midfielders, like you're going to need depth. Matoma's going to get tired. The the man was a workhorse last year, but like you, you're going to have to give that dude breaks. Um, and I believe it was you who texted this at one point with the group chat you and Mike had where it's, you know, the kids are going to get blooded in. And we got guys like uh, Facundo Buonanote, that, that name is rough. Um, a guy that Tevez said reminded him of Messi. Um, Yasin Ayari, a guy who came in from, uh, we got him in January last year. This upcoming January, I can't remember the kid's name for the life of me, but uh, some Romanian winger from the Romanian league is coming in. I think he's like 18 or 19. Uh, Spurs were after him. Um, but yeah, these kids are going to get thrown into the fire. They they just gave Julio and CISO the 10 shirt today. So Big things, I guess, are expected of him. I'm, I'm very, very happy. I think he had the Premier League goal of the year, um, but I think midfield is the most concerning. Like if those kids don't pan out right away, um, I think we're going to be in for, for a struggle for those, those cup matches and especially Europe. The, uh, the one guy that I failed to mention, I think a, one of the things that calmed me down with the, the lack of additions was uh, we got. Uh, Simon Adingra back from loan from uh, USG from uh, USG and um, he uh, he's going to be a star for us as well. He was very, very dominant in the Belgian league. Yeah, I think I think certainly nobody at this point um, should doubt the work that uh, your scouting department has done, you know, there's been, there's been lots of like, you know, uh, for a, a lot of years, Southampton got a lot of praise for, um, the people they brought in at a young age. Um, and some other teams have been, you know, not 
doing the right thing and signing the right guys at the right time. Um, certainly in modern football, Brighton emulates that as good as anybody else. So, um, I, and I think with your coach, um, he is more comfortable taking, like, at least he is comfortable and if not more comfortable taking on guys that might be projects and like molding them like clay. Um, so I think you guys definitely have a good advantage there with, uh, what you guys are building. So, yeah, I'm, I full full faith in Deserby. Um, I'm kind of scared that this will probably be the last season, especially if you know we improve even more. But um, I think from from top to bottom, they they have this. Uh, are you saying they have the ability to just kind of refresh? You saw Pukurea lead last year, and Estupian stepped up even better. And um, you know. Uh, Roberto Sanchez started falling out with the manager and then Jason Steele, the guy that, you know, the last time anyone saw him, he was getting relegated to league one with Sunderland. Right. And it's like all of a sudden that guy's a starter in the premier league. So, um, very, very happy to see it. Like the, just the way, like the inner workings of the club is crazy. I was reading something on Twitter today talking about, uh, how Brighton got Caicedo in the first place. They were the only ones that were able to, essentially like weave through a maze of people just looking for money and find out who his agents really were. And then that's how they were able to get him. Yeah. I, uh, I read something that, that his, whatever his quote unquote, his team his agents at some point, uh, early on when he was young, offered him to like main United for like 5 million. And they're like, who like, you know, not because it's United, they're not paying attention. Um, yeah, just like, te- like teams tend to miss guys like that, I, and I think that it's <clears throat> it can be different in the way you approach your club setup. Like Brighton does a good job of getting guys at the right age and developing them like at a more professional standpoint, whereas like a, you know a larger club like United, um, and and now modern day a little bit more, um, you see it with City are able to get kids and develop them through their academy programs and then move them on. Like, I mean, there's so many academy guys now from city, like in modern day football that they're all all over the place. Like uh, one of my favorites for Villa, Douglas Ruiz is a, is a city guy. Um, Obviously Jaden Sancho is a city guy. I mean, there's a ton of them out there. So um, it's just a a difference in approach on, on when you're bringing kids in and, and how you are, uh, what your setup is to support and develop them. So, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I'll, uh, I'll give my, my two cents on Villa and then we can kind of go into, um, the season as far as, uh, what we're hoping to see. And, and then we can do like general, more, uh, premier league predictions. Um, we can even mention a little bit our fantasy league that you said something earlier, but, um, you know, Villa, obviously, um, I think almost to a point that it makes me nervous, had a very fucking good summer. Um, and I mean that not just from, you know, how exciting it was to watch them in some of those preseason games, but also just the signings they made, like the, the, signings, the signs of intent that they made. Uh, Pau Torres is a very, very good defender, and... Um, I think it's a little overblown that he could have gone anywhere. That's not necessarily true. If that was true, he would have in the last couple of years. But he's been fantastic for Villarreal, who Emery came from. 
you know, they made the Champions League semifinals two years ago, three years ago. Like they're like coming from a very strong squad. He's still uh, young enough that you could say he's entering his prime. Um, and he very much plays the the possession based style of football that Emery likes. You know, playing from the back. Um, he, he's probably the best center back that we have now. Um, and I'm and you know I say that knowing that I really appreciate the growth that Tyrone Mings and Kansas showed underneath Emery for nine months last year. But um, so bringing Torres is huge um, and for a, a decent price, right? For, you know, in modern day football, you're getting in some ridiculous numbers for guys just because this is the way it is. Um, but we got him in a good deal. I think it was like 32 million pounds or something like that. Not terrible. Um and then I'll mention Telemans from uh, Yuri from uh, Leicester City. We got him on a free. Um, just adding another piece to uh, what I think is a complement to a very good central midfield. Um, you know, I, I think that he comes in and immediately challenges everybody to be better um, in lots of places. It gives us tactical flexibility as far as who we start and then where excuse me, except as far as where we start them. Um, I know that he had kind of a, a down season last year, but it was for, it was for a Leicester team that largely underperformed the entire season. Um, and there's lots of accusations of him being fat or lazy, blah, blah, blah. But like, um, just, I've seen his conditioning, the way he's played in some of these preseason matches. I'm not concerned. Um, all the talent's still there, and I think that Emery's the right guy to, to extract that extract that talent from him and get him back to his best form. So that was an incredible signing, both from a starting slash depth perspective. Um, and then the big one, the, the flashy signing, the club record signing, uh, Musa Diaby from Bayer Leverkusen. Um, a little bit of rock and roll uh, now at this point. You know, um, I... I I would say that a lot of my Villa contemporaries don't like Leon Bailey, um, who also came from Leverkusen two seasons ago. Um, I think that like Bailey still has lots of potential, but I saw what Bailey and Diaby did together. I'm excited for the opportunity for them to link up, but Diaby just on his own, the, the pace is just absolutely electric. Um, he's, uh, got a track record of, of goal scoring. Um, I understand that it doesn't always translate from Bundesliga to the Premier League, but, um, he is, uh, a lightning rod when it comes to, um, or a lightning bolt, if you will, when it comes to like pace and athleticism. Um, I think that he's going to fit in really well with that squad as far as being like a quote unquote second striker or winger, depending on where we need him. Um, again, we talk, uh, I'm going to use that word a million times when it comes to Villa and the team they're building, but tactical flexibility um, for some of these guys that can play multiple positions in an effective way allows us to do different formations and stuff, and Diaby is a big part of that. Um, he looked absolutely fantastic in a couple of games in the preseason. Um, I am super excited for what he's going to bring uh, especially complimenting uh, Ali Watkins, who I think is fantastic. Um, so, yeah, all those pieces are good. Uh, we 
we kept, we talked about like, you know, uh, keeping the kids, blooding the kids, um, keeping, uh, uh, Bidets, um, whether it's just Philogene or Philogene Bidets is depending on how he puts on his uniform this year. Um, but he, he's one that like, I love his story. He's a guy that like nobody recognized or signed him until he was like 18. Um, so he's, he's like, as far as professional, professional development, he's only been part of the system for two or three years now. Um, but you see the raw talent when he plays, like he is an, an incredible athlete on top of, um, you know, his, uh, his ability to um, create space for himself, um, his uh, control on the ball is, is fantastic. He gets in the right spots. He scored, a, I think, had a goal and assist during the preseason. So he started all three games in America. Um, I love keeping him as depth. Um, you know, we've we've moved on a couple guys from our youth setup that um, I've really liked, I mean, obviously Carney Tripomeca, I've, I've joked about, you know, the, the whole star Wars, uh, you were the chosen one meme, but like, you know, also selling him for 20 million on the final year deal at 20 years old. Like, you know, I wish him well at Chelsea, but he could have been part of the revolution. The guy that I'm excited to get healthy again is Jacob Ramsey. Obviously I think he is, I think he's so underrated, undervalued when they talk about like some of these, like, 20 year old English talents. Like he is the captain of the U23, U21 team, whatever. Um, and he is absolutely fantastic. You know, broke, broke a bonus, but coming back from that, um, he's going to have a huge place. Um, the one thing I'll mention that it's recent news in the last two days. Um, Emmy Buendia had an absolute stunner of a preseason. Um, looked fantastic. I was super excited for him. ACL tear is awful it's not insurmountable he will come back i believe in him but you know it won't be this season um so it's devastating for him um it means that um some of these players like you know that were fringe guys not fringe is not the great word but like guys that like we're gonna have to challenge for playing time like leon bailey um and Philippe coutinho are gonna have all the opportunities to step up and i think the thing is that both those guys is yeah, they've been real hot and cold as far as performance wise, but like having the opportunity to push into that space, push into those positions and play that time, I hope gets the best out of both of them because they're both, they both have pedigree hundred percent. So, um, all of that kind of comes with the fact that I'm, I'm super excited, but like at the same time, I don't like how much attention Bill has been getting from pundits and, and just in general, as far as like dark horse, um, you know, with expectations comes disappointment. Um, I, I think that we have all the right pieces to make it happen. It's just, it's scary, right? Like, I mean, uh, it, it, there's lots of room for failure there. So that was a long, long diatribe, but that's, that's kind of how I feel about Villa coming into the season. The, uh, the Tillman's deal, the business was, that was good all around. Free transfer, that's fantastic. Him... Him, Bailey, and Diaby together is going to be scary. I I hope so. I think that you're going to see some, like I mean, like there were some times I think they were figuring out in the in the preseason that we got opened up, we let in some some goals, but you also saw what like what it looks like when the timing works out as far as lining stuff up offensively. 
And it was really, really attractive football. And like that more than anything else excited me. Like I didn't even mind the goals we gave up because the football we were playing was so pretty. And I think that you probably um, can appreciate that too. The last, I mean, for what Graham Potter was like, you know, he played pragmatic football, but then deserve coming in and playing this, this forward foot, you know, attractive attacking style football. Like it's, it's, you know, results are, results are only part of the equation. Like I would like, if I can at least turn on the game and say like, God damn, that was pretty to watch. Like, even if we lost, like, I'll take that. Like, I'd like to watch, you know, uh, attractive football. Yes, absolutely. Like, um, I was talking to someone about that the other day. I think it was someone on my, my indoor team. We were, uh, like that, the idea of Deserby's center backs, like foot on the ball. I'm not going to do anything until you press. And then the minute they press, they're up the field and it's just, it looks, it's just fun to watch. Like I look forward to watching sometimes under Graham Potter, it got a little bit uh, frustrating, but with Deserby, even, even in the losses, it's still good looking football. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I mean, like you want the results, like there's no, there's no doubt about that. Like I, I would, I would, I think that, um, I think as far as clubs go, you and I are, are have way more to relate on than like uh, than when we have Mike on here. Um, you know, God bless Tottenham, um, but they have they have a lot of money and they've been way more successful in the last ten years than either of our clubs. So like we're kind of like more like you know what we just want to be here and enjoy ourselves. Um, Where it just seems like misery for Mike all the time. Um, but yeah, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a really good season. I think I'm I'm very excited for it. Um, I'd like to hear um from you. You know, just as a Premier League fan, if you can give me uh try to give me you don't have to give me all at once, but these are some things that we want like, like to like touch on. You know, I want to talk talk about um there's you know there's obviously three teams that just came in. Burnley played today, being one of them. Um, what are the three? Um, and then how do you see, you know, one through six with Champions League, I guess one through seven Champions League, Europa League and uh, Conference League, if you will, um, as far as with everything that happened, you can contextualize it however you want. Um, so my three going down, I, I hate to do it, but I, I just think Luton is going to probably finish last. Um, and then I got Sheffield being a yo-yo club as well. And then I think, uh, I think this is the year Everton goes down. I, I don't hate any, I don't hate any of that. I, I completely agree with Lytton Town. I think that, you know, it's, it's a fantastic story that just doesn't translate well currently. No, I, you know, they even signed, uh, Nick Camba from Villa, who, you know, I loved him as a, uh, a fantastic steward for the club. Um, I just don't think they have enough to stay up. Um, I also agree with Sheffield United, like Sheffield United, like came up and then they sold off, I think two or three of their best players, including they sold, uh, Sander Burge who started today for Burnley. So they, like they sold their starting center midfielder to, another club that they came up with. Like I, I, 
I just don't see any intent on staying up. Um, you know, I, I know they signed Austin Trusty, so American fans are like, oh, we're watching Bill Gates. Yeah, I think they're going to, I agree. When I, I, for both those clubs are going to struggle. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't hate the Everton pick. You know, they've been, they've been dancing the last two years along that line. I still don't think this is the year. I think that the absolute dysfunction that led to Julian Lopetegui leaving Wolves like two days ago, right before the start of the season, is just going to be the final nail in the coffin. I think Wolves are on a spiral course to relegation. So that would be my only change from your bottom three. I, I would say Wolves in there with Sheffield United and Wetton Town. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see Wolves. They... They were a mess last year. Like, um, I I follow Valencia. Well, I'm actually on a Valencia boycott now, but I used to follow Valencia, and uh, saw Gedish went there, and I was excited because I mean, I mean they're like uh, the Portuguese relocation center for the UK, but um, he didn't even do anything. He got there and they immediately loaned him out, and he went and played in Portugal. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I could definitely see a wolf going down. They just seem like a, a club in a lot of a lot of transition, which doesn't always bode well, especially when you just lost, you know, a number of your best players. Um, it's uh, it's wild. So, um, so th- those are our bottom three. Um, what about can you can you do seven? to one if i asked you to go from seven to one could you list them in order and then kind of provide context or uh do you want me to go first uh i got it um so i think with six and seven i think it's going to be us flip-flopping this year i think brighton finishes seventh i think villa finishes sixth um fifth place uh i believe will be who did i have can't find my notes. Um, fifth place, I had. Um, dead space. I have Tottenham rebounding and finishing fifth. Oh no, wait, that was before the game that I wrote that down. Never mind. I might have to fix that. Top four though. That's number fair. one, obviously. City, I think, repeats again. Nobody's. I think this year's going to be even worse. People keep talking about like hope for Arsenal, but. I think City runs away with it this year. Uh, I have United number two. I have Arsenal three. And I have uh, Liverpool number four. So all chalk top four. So if that's if, if that's where you're talking about, like you're talking about like this is a thing now in 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 today's Premier League. Like you said, like yeah, you're gonna have to look back at five. But like if I if I'm doing my math correctly here. The fifth spot could be not only Spurs, but you know other teams that are kind of in that conversation now: Newcastle and Chelsea. Um, yeah. You know, like uh, where uh, of those three, knowing that Tottenham just lost Kane, does that exclude Tottenham from being able to finish in that Europa League spot? I think uh, I think Tottenham's going to have a really hard time without Kane. I think uh, I think Newcastle can either be fourth or fifth Champions League spot again. Um, they're just going to continue to keep keep getting better with the, the blood money behind them. 
Yeah, I I can see that. I think you know I like for all the shit that uh, um, people give Newcastle for like Jason Tindall and Eddie Howe and the the balance of power there. I think Eddie Howe is a fantastic manager. Um, and you know like for for all the the money that comes with being owned by Saudi Arabia, um, you know they they have spent, but I think they've spent prudently. And I mean that, like, I th- they've made good signings. Like, um, and this is no shade to Caicedo, um, but Sandro Tonali going for 70 million pounds versus Caicedo going for 100 million pounds, like, that's an absolute fucking steal because regardless of the fact that I saw him get bodied by Buendia in that preseason game, like, Tonali is an absolute stud. He's a very, very, very good central midfielder. And it's it's way cheaper than Caicedo or, or Rice for that that matter. So that's a good signing for them. I think Barnes is a fantastic signing. Um, continuing to push, you know, especially after selling St. Maximan. Um, but they still have Anthony Gordon. They signed in in January last year. I think they're going to attack well from the wings. Uh, you know, the rotation of uh, Isak and uh, Callum Wilson is going to be good. Um, I thought that they overpaid, honestly, for Tino Livramento from uh, Southampton. They got yeah. him as a, uh, a fullback cover. Um, yeah, I agree. A new, you know, Newcastle is going to keep growing, and yes, they have lots of money. But I, I, I've been saying this since uh, maybe more in some of the chats that. That you weren't in, but like with uh, with Brad and and Mike, I've been telling them since the time that Saudi bought Newcastle that this isn't the same thing as City being bought by um, United Arab Emirates. This is not the same thing because City, you can say what you will, and uh, City fans, go ahead and come at me. Like Manchester City has never been the giant that Newcastle is slash like was like Newcastle is a monster. Like even on their worst days, they're doing better like stadium numbers and stuff like that than, than Man City is in their best days. Um so you factor in, you take that and you add money to it. The the growth potential, especially if you want to pretend like these teams are operating within financial fair fair play, um potentially Newcastle can do way more than than city ever did so newcastle definitely is a is a scary sleeping giant who i think honestly is ahead of ahead of their plan getting the champions league this year so um i don't hate them at five um if i'm giving my top seven my you know my european finishes um number seven i go chelsea uh for conference league um five and six i would go United and Newcastle, and then um, four. I would go. Uh, well, I'm in this one. I'm get upset myself. Oh, number four. Uh, I'm. You know, I told myself I wasn't going to be like excited about stuff, but the football I'm watching, I think Villa finished fourth. Um, and then you got Liverpool, Arsenal, and then City. Like it's still cities to lose, but I very much believe in United Emery and what he's building. That having been said, I would like I would be 
totally okay with finishing 10th or 11th if it meant that we won the conference league or we won like an FA cup or won the European cup because he is a fantastic tournament manager. So I'll sacrifice that ranking if it means we run on those trophies. But like, I think that what we've built is I, I see depth everywhere, even after losing Buendia and I'm, I'm super excited about that. So, um, and I didn't mean to shade Brighton. Um, yeah, I think that they're very much rating the conversation right there with like, the, I think the the teams finishing anywhere from ten to five is going to be five points. Like it's that competitive. It's which is fun for the Premier League. It's been that deep. So I um no no offense taken. I um honestly I think after this opening game I think they're going to do well against Luton, but I think they're going to be hovering in the teens for a good part of the season, wiping the. Uh, the Caicedo stank off of us. And then I think as the season goes on, things are going to turn up and they'll, they'll move into those higher places. So I'm, I'm fully expecting to get a lot of, uh, a lot of shit talk. The, um, the only one I disagreed with was the, was the Chelsea one. And I think that's more to do with my, my bias and just how I'm feeling lately. I kind of hoping that there's a collapse there. Um, I know their manager's a, a good manager, but uh, something about the, the formation of that club just doesn't sit right with me. Like throwing oh, millions and millions and just hoping something sticks, and it just doesn't feel like that's the way to build a football club. Don't, don't get me wrong; like I am, I am wishing them nothing but exclusive failure. Like I, I want them to absolutely bomb. And that's, uh, you know, my own affinity for poke aside. Like, I don't like Chelsea. Like, I would like to see them just fucking sink into fucking absolute shit, especially with uh, Todd Bully being their owner. Like, fuck them. Um, I, like, I do think that the, the performed turnover of the club, like the players that, that, that remain – it's going to take some time for sure for them to like integrate everybody. But I like, I like, and I can see the vision for the players that they move. Did, did they like, I mean, here's the thing. And I don't, I don't even mean this is in a disrespectful way to Caicedo. I don't think they fucking needed him. It like, it seemed like there's like collecting the infinity stones, right? Like there's like, ah, you know, I need all the, I need all the best players. Like, I mean, no, like you, they have some pretty solid ones. I mean, Caicedo is the best for that position, but, like, they didn't need him either. Um, I think that they did a good job building outside of that. Building outside of that. So, um, you know, I honestly, if I was, like, I am I was confused about the news that Caicedo basically said no to Liverpool, even though their bid was the highest, because I think that, I think that he would be, have a better chance at, sustained success with Liverpool than he would with Chelsea. Um, that's just my opinion. Absolutely. Like, um, I think I was, uh, it was you and Mike I was talking to about it. Like, under Klopp, he, he has a chance to be the new Fabinho, like, in that false nine, four, three, three. He plays as the six, and he is the six, and he just becomes that star there under Klopp. But it just feels, and again, like, 
people can call me on my biases or whatever. I've, I've been having a rough summer with Chelsea fans, but um, it just feels like players go there and they get lost in the sauce. Like, Correa was the big signing for them, and he's not going to start this year. So, I just... Also, I feel for the guy because I, I really like him. I know he's talented. It's gonna. It, I'm frustrated with him now because the way he's acting, but I I do feel bad that he could possibly go there and just disappear. Like a supremely talented player, just like, through mismanagement, falls off the earth. Yeah, I, no, I I agree. You know, Chelsea's definitely earned that reputation. Um, even you know, like I mean, I. Right now, I don't see a, a huge difference between the management style or like the ownership styles of Abramovich and Todd Bowley as far as like I always consider Chelsea more than anybody else a volume shooter. They tend to just buy and sell a shit ton of players and like hope that shit works out. And when it doesn't, they just eat that fucking money and move forward. And it like, um, it seems wild to me. Like, I mean, they like, don't get me wrong. They've had outside of city, like they've had the most success the last 10 years. Um, and I'm not, I'm not discounting that from them, but it's, it's not, it seems like their success has been more like, Oh shit, that, was, that we got the right combination. Okay. But they're not able to keep it. They're not able to keep managers. They're not able to keep players playing at a consistent level. They go through managers so often and change style so often they're constantly rotating players. Um, it doesn't seem sustainable. It seems like, like if I'm if I'm if I was a player, especially a young player, like I, I guess I can't say because I don't. I've never faced the sort of money offerings that they've had, right? Like, but at the same time, you know, if I'm talking about like I want to be able to play at a high level for the next fifteen years what club is going to put me in the best position. I don't think about clubs like Chelsea or I don't think about clubs, uh, even like Tottenham. Like if you're going through a new manager, like every, you know, eight to 18 months, like that doesn't seem like a place I want to be regardless of like your historical success or your money or whatever else. Like that's not, that doesn't seem good. I don't, I don't understand the draw, I guess. I, so I, from that point, I agree with you. Like, why would he want to go there? But, yeah, it's a it's a money and prestige thing. Same same thing with like how Americans felt about Pulisic was, you know, oh why is he not playing? Why is he not playing? And he needed to go to a place like that was going to treat him the way Dortmund did, like develop him or whatever. Chelsea is, you know, either you're good or you're fucked, and then they'll just they'll sit you on the bench and pay you because they can. Yeah, that's fair. I think Pulisic is situation was I mean I'm sure people will be like oh yeah they, they never played him I would also argue that he wasn't fucking healthy most of the time which is a yeah. huge issue but it's kind of I mean I can say it's on him to get healthy but like I mean some guys are just injury prone he seems to be one of them I don't know how you move past that like I wish him great success for, for AC Milan but like I never felt like uh he got like a super unfair shake at Chelsea and like Chelsea had a lot of good players and he was never healthy enough or consistent enough to be in that starting lineup all the time. So um, that's how I feel about it. Um, 
So let's uh, let's talk about like we got a couple minutes left here. Um, the transfer window is still open for what's it what's today the eleventh. So until the end of the month. So we got like nineteen more days, nineteen twenty more days. Um, <clears throat> is there any other pieces that um, that you think that? Brighton is still going to work on, especially if you're talking about like the, the Casado deal, you know, inevitably going through. Um, are you expecting like them to, are, are you expecting anything big or are you expecting them to continue to toe the club line as far as bringing in developmental players and just to like incorporating them as possible as you guys go through into the season? Um, the only other move I could see them making right now um is another defensive mid or just midfielder in general, center mid, defensive mid type player. Um, honestly, I, I wouldn't mind the maybe like a late snag for Tyler Adams. Um, I think Deserby, like you see it with the players on the roster, uh, and you can see it with the transfer saga with Kudus is. Derby has such a, if you don't want to be here, I don't want you attitude that he's willing just to give up on things. Like it seemed like the Kudus deal got nixed real quick. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think he mainly just stays put right now. And I think we'll see maybe something, uh, a lower level type player that we send out all alone. I think it's more than I, you know, like uh, when they, when the reporting came out that the Chelsea Tyler Adams deal collapsed, um, probably a large in part due to the Casado deal possibly going through for Chelsea. Um, I see, um, you know, for all my negativity, like I, I, I do like American players, um, but Tyler Adams is incredibly industrious um, and has a history of tactical flexibility um that would i and and like i think that coupled with like a very positive aggressive attitude i think fits into a deserving system so well like and and i and i say that uh knowing that like i wouldn't even say that he's an everyday first name on the sheet starter but do i think he plays 30, 35 games for Brighton, 100%, especially with your deep schedule being European football this year. Um, I think he could be fantastic. Especially, and, we, you know, you and I have talked about a little bit about um, you worrying about coverage for that right-back spot. Like, Adams can even play in that right-back spot, you know, um, for, for Brighton, too. It gives them lots of different options. I think that of all the Premier League teams, I think Adams would be absolutely perfect for for Brighton. He's a he's a Brighton type player. Mm-hmm. And also, you can have all you can have all the toxicity that comes with the uh, USMNT Twitter. Um, <laughs> oh gosh, well that's that's the new thing. I'm not I'm not trying to be negative. Positive as a player, he's a very good player. Um, Another guy that just needs to prove he can stay healthy. You know? um, but it seems like all American players. Do you, like, am I, am I crazy or do like all of our best players have some sort of like 
once a year reoccurring injury, like um, yeah, it's Pulisic or Reina or Tim Weah or any of these guys. Uh, Sargent's been hurt. Like, like for from what I've seen in Valencia, Moose has been healthy, but um, probably even worse on an ACL tear. He's been stuck with Peter Lim as his club owner. Um, I'm. I loved watching him play for Valencia, but I'm so happy that he's left. He's gonna his development is gonna go through the roof. Yeah, I think he like AC wants a club. I don't think he'll play the same amount of minutes there. Um, I hope he does. You know, like I think he definitely has the talent to to do so. Um, but you're talking about a club that's ready to like win now. Um, I hope that it's it's right for him. He's he's fantastic. I think the price that Milan paid for him from Valencia was an absolute steal, considering he's twenty twenty one years old. Um, so, um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, you watched him a lot more than I have, especially at club level for sure. So, yeah, yeah, very big fan of him. I um again, I feel like I have to forewarn everyone about my biases, but yeah, it, I think he's got the highest ceiling of any of that core group of players right now. The kid like is just a fantastic player. For sure. All right. Well, let's, uh, we're, we're done in the last minutes. Um, you know, uh, as, as Mike and I like to do, we call them uh, final rants and it can be anything from like something about your club or a team you support. It can be soccer related or it can be social related, whatever, whatever you want, like give you the time to just to, just to rant about something. So do you have anything you want, you'd like to rant about going into this Premier League season? Well, I'll make, I'll make this quick. I have to go feed the dogs, but, um, fuck Chelsea football club and fuck all the weird (laughs) stan accounts that are going around talking about boldly is god and all this stuff we don't owe you our players you're not owed smaller clubs players it's just it's weird that football works like that now i just i understand the money issue i understand that these guys are coming from places like ecuador and they have to feed their families i get that I just don't, going back to what we talked about earlier about the development thing, I just don't understand why you wouldn't want to be a big fish in a small pond. Like, Lewis Dunk could absolutely play for Chelsea or Manchester United, but he's going to have a statue outside of the Amex one day, you know, as our captain. And if we win, like, an FA Cup, it's going to mean so much more than it would in a place like Chelsea and yeah that's pretty much it like we you're not owed our players we're not keeping criteria options he signed a contract just knock the fuck off and like go touch the grass <laughs> it's that's totally fair I, I get that like Largely, like, of course, that like, why would they want to play in Brighton when they can play in Chelsea? Um, and they're the easy response, especially this year, is well, Chelsea doesn't offer anything for European football. Uh, Brighton's playing Europa League, so um, 
that's a that's a big start. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's an easy one um, for sure. And I I get it. It's 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 kind of the nature of the beast, and largely it's kind of it's the the way it's always been. But I, I you know I kind of alluded to this earlier. The Premier, the Premier League is deeper and more competitive than I can remember in my lifetime. Like, and I, I say that full well, knowing that I think that City is a hundred percent going to win the league. Like, like I can say that from day one that I think City's going to win the league, but that doesn't mean that the rest of the league isn't absolutely competitive as hell. Like the rest of the spots, more so than it's ever been. Um, so yeah, I mean it's. It's no longer like you have to go to one of these "quote unquote" top six clubs. Like there are options for you. So, um, uh, I wish Casado the best. Um, I wish Chelsea the worst. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I guess for my rant, um, I mine's not so much as a rant as uh, again, um, I, I, I mentioned this earlier. There has been a ton of very positive conversation going on around Aston Villa. Um, and I think rightfully so. Like, I think that, you know, we have done all of the right things as far as recruitment goes, as far as development goes, as far as coaching and backroom staff. We have owners that are willing to back us financially. Um, and, and all those things included are incredibly important um, I want to say this not as like not to be a negative Nancy, not to do anything else, but you know if if we lose, you know a couple games early, like let's not go you know ringing the emergency bell. Let's not do anything stupid or rash or uh, you know. Let's not let's not rush to judgment about like the way this is going to go because I think at the end of the day for all of the positive spin, all the investment, everything else, you know, Emery still hasn't been with the club for a full calendar year. Um, there is still a ton of growth that's gonna happen over the course of this entire season. I would like to say, like, barring like just an absolute like disaster class where we immediately crash out of all of our tournaments and we are in a relegation battle, like almost dead last by like Christmas. That's a different situation. But I think in general, you know, a few hic- hiccups and bumps shouldn't be the end of the road. It shouldn't be. You know, we got to do something drastic to change, blah, blah, blah. I think that this is still a process and we're still a little bit ahead of where inevitably we we want to be Champions League football. And I think that we have the means to do that. It doesn't mean it has to happen this year. It is a process. So, villains, enjoy the highs this year and don't don't suffer the lows know that this is all part of the growing that's going to be inevitably fantastic. And I believe that for sure. So, um, you know, even if we lose tomorrow to a very improved Newcastle team, I'm not hitting the alarm bells. I think it's just 
are on to in the next week. And that's going to be important throughout the whole season. So, yeah, it's it's hard to stay like level headed sometimes, like in fandom. Like I, I get that, but the, the, you're absolutely right. Like this league is extremely talented. Like you you look at the run Brighton went on to end the year, and then in the middle of that was like I think a five one loss to Everton. Mm-hmm. Like shit shit can easily happen here. So yeah, I. I I'm going to take your advice, but just put a Brighton sheen on it. 100%. And I, I think, uh, um, you know, I uh, as much as I love Mike and Brad and the Tottenham perspective that I have with them, like, um, I think that, you know, having you as part of this, this group for us this season as we go forward with doing some of these conversations and stuff like that, I think, I'm going to super enjoy having you here with me because I think that Brighton and Aston Villa are on very much parallel paths um, as far as, um, you know, disrupting some of the status quo with the Premier League and and lots of opportunity for growth. So it's going to be fun. And that's that's kind of the point, right? Like, we're supposed to have fun. So um, I'm looking forward to it this year. It's going to be it's going to be good, man. It's going to be really good. Um, the Premier League started today already. I, I, I'm fantastic. It's the best time of the year, and it's almost all the, the entire year. So I'll take it. Absolutely. All right, buddy. Well, I'll let you go. Take care of uh, Piggy and the dogs, and uh, um, we'll get Mike back on with us. I know he's got some other obligations, but. Um, I can't promise the the five people that are going to listen to this that we're going to do it every week, but we have talked about trying to be more consistent, you know, having somebody as talented as Jake, um, who's interested in, in being part of this is huge for us. And I, you know, I, uh, I, I like the idea that we can, we can do some of these episodes without having to get everybody together every time. Um, I think they'll allow us to provide some good, insight and content throughout the season so i'm looking forward to the season for sure